Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, people, you know that sound that is the unfiltered band. It means another episode of Unfiltered coming at you live. If you're joining us on Twitter on the YouTube channel, if uh, not, and you're on Twitter at Casey Stern, you can jump on board the Unfiltered Revolution at any time. Get into the bio, jump on the YouTube channel to get videos of all the episodes. This episode 94 officially here of Unfiltered, all the interviews, all the conversations, the rants, the insanity, and more. And, of course... Welcome to all of you listening uh, belated, Apple, Spotify, everywhere else where you get your podcasts, and welcome to Unfiltered. A lot to get to here on this show today. We want to do a little bit of a primer for the MLB postseason and preview what we know so far. Now just sitting here as uh, we do this here live on a Tuesday afternoon, three days away from the new format and the wildcard series opening up on Friday. Want to get into uh, a number of different things, including the Phillies getting in why I believe that teams are so vulnerable if they have the buy this year and talking about momentum and how quickly, as they said in Little Giants, it could change its address in this sport. We'll also address some of the teams uh, heading in in the matchup specifically for the first time. I'll have a, uh, let you know here, a full-blown preview with all the predictions for the postseason coming up on Thursday. Got some guests coming up for that. And we will be doing, during the postseason, uh, shows live here and unfiltered every day at noon Eastern time. So a lot to cover with you along the way. A couple of ways for you to jump in. You could jump into the chat live along the way, chat with each other. I'll hit you up if I uh, can get to it live. Or, or you can uh, just tweet your replies and responses and comments along the way uh, as we go here on the show. Got to let you know, though, football is back, and we are always presented by Bet Bet BetOnline remains your number one source. All your football betting needs this season. You'll get the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. As your continued source for all the sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, giveaways all season long. It is always the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports and events, MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head over to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. You can join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use this promo code. It's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. It's BetOnline, where the game starts as we get started here. Uh, drop the poll, which I will get into here uh, during the course of this show. If you didn't get a chance to see it, uh, you can get over and vote now and give your reactions. And we're going to discuss this a little bit here during the course of this show. But I asked you in the poll, which of the four teams with an MLB postseason buy? So unofficially the Braves right now, and then officially the Dodgers, Astros and Yankees, no particular order. Which one of those is most vulnerable to be knocked off in their five-game series in a DS? Get at me at Casey Stern along the way and vote and give your responses here live. We will discuss those along the way. I will let you know, and I said this in something that I posted today and that Believe posted, I believe for sure that at least, at least, at least one of those teams is going down. Momentum has shown us over all the years in baseball how layoffs affect teams. And as much as it seems like the logic would tell you, oh, well, it's easy. These teams are going to set up. They get their postseason rotation the way that they want. They've got everybody rested. They got an extra couple of days to get everything the way that they want. All that sounds wonderful. And then all of a sudden, you get a team that wins in a, in a third game of this new format in this series in a 10th inning and is riding high. They got to get on the road. They don't care. They're floating in air. Forget about being on a plane. They get into your ballpark. You haven't played a big game or any game in a few days. And the next thing you know, all of a sudden you're down 0-2 in a five-game series and away you go. 
You know, I reference it all the time because everybody talks about the Dodgers this year. The Dodgers were heavy favorites in 2019. They lost the game five in their home ballpark. Scherzer and Strasburg and Juan Soto helped put them away. And then the Nationals bumpy roads to beautiful places, including four on the road in Houston to go win the World Series. So the idea that because you can set this thing up, that all of a sudden it's going to be easy peasy, it doesn't work that way. And I, I'm saying this, you could book it right now. At least one of these teams going down in a five-game series, at least. As of now, and we'll get to this a little bit later in the show, uh, the poll has some pretty strong uh, answers as to which team specifically, one of the four teams getting 75% of the vote by itself. We'll get into that as we go along the way here on this show. You could jump in on the tw on the uh, chat along the way and get whatever you would like. Is, uh, you, we get, uh, just as an example, Klim1988 gets in and says, the Yankees have judge and then not a lot of depth. You know, the Yankees are obviously a team that I think a lot of people think are vulnerable you look at the Guardians, who everybody's heavily underrating because nobody's paying attention to what Cleveland's done, and they've been impressive. You look at the Rays. That's their story, their M.O. Nobody ever concentrates on them. But baseball and the playoffs are about matchups, and both of those teams will present a problem to the Yankees. Now, the Yankees need, obviously, beyond Aaron Judge, Garrett Cole, uh, Garrett Cole to pitch well. They need Cortez Severino, who was just brilliant, obviously taken out after seven perfect. They need him to pitch well. They need their back end to get figured out, and Judge needs help offensively. But when they're rolling right, and if they can get enough out of Stanton, and if Torres and some of the other batters in that lineup can help Judge so it's not walking him every time you see him, forget about whether he's got a home run record he's chasing or not, they're going to be in a better spot. It's not going to be easy to knock off the Yankees, but I understand why 75% of the people who have voted thus far believe that's the team that's the easiest to knock off. I, I want to start with <clears throat> some therapy. I'll call this Mets therapy. Ironically, when I spoke to my therapist this morning at around 9 a.m., and I don't know if this was a test just to see, like, how am I feeling today, or he was just trying to mess with me, but he is down here in Atlanta where I live. And he didn't ask me how I was feeling. You know, one of these, like, you know, if you, you ever sat on the proverbial couch, and I do these through Zoom now, but, you know, you, you sit there and, you know, how are you feeling? Describe your feelings. He didn't ask that. He asked me how I was feeling after the Mets got swept. Because if you are sitting here and you're a Met fan, you are in some sort of recovery. It was good they didn't play yesterday, regardless of whether the Braves lost the game to the Marlins and Jesus Lazardo again pitched well, just delaying what's most likely the inevitable for a day. And there's a lot that plays within that because the weather right now in New York not cooperating. You've got a doubleheader that's supposed to take place. You know, for the Mets, it's probably better off this thing happens as quick as possible this afternoon or tonight so that they can go ahead and, and rest their guys and get DeGrom and, and Scherzer ready and hopefully Marte back in the mix. To me, you know, the recovery from the Brave series, if you're a Met fan, <clears throat> was difficult. But what made it harder was the news that came out yesterday that Starley Marte is trying to grip a bat, you know, just to hit off a tee using both hands. And Buck Schulter, very honest in the way that he said, hey, look, that wasn't exactly making us feel any better. Y you didn't hear anything positive about how he was feeling. Marte having issues gripping the bat tight. And swinging, having issues in throwing the baseball, this is a major problem. Said this yesterday, said it many times, I'll say it again. You're a Met fan. Therapy, you know, you can have all the, the different Joe Boos you want to put out there. You know, and I want to get to what Seth Lugo said. If you didn't hear it, Braves fans are going to be very interested in it. I'll bring that to your attention in a second. But, you know, no matter what kind of confidence, whether it's false or whether it's real, that you're trying to bring to the table if you're a Met fan, here's the real. If you don't get a high-level Max, a high-level Jake, both of them healthy, and a high-level and a healthy Marte, you're going home. I don't think it'll be in a three-game series, but it could be. 
The, the World Series out of the question for you. Is it out of the question because you're a wild card? No. We've seen wild cards win. I know it's a new format. I get it. But is it out of the question? It's not. Should they have a team with a rotation that should be deep enough? If you get what you're supposed to get out of guys like Cookie Carrasco and a Taiwan Walker, yeah, it should be deep enough. Does that mean it's going to be? I have no idea. But the lineup, no way deep enough without having Marte in it. Got to get him healthy. They got to hope that, you know, to me, based on him being able to grip a bat, and I'm no doctor, not tight enough that you obviously think that there's a huge issue, right? You're thinking there's no way all of a sudden Friday Marte's turning around, even if he can't throw as well, to come in the lineup be a DH for you. You're probably having to get through that three-game series against San Diego the way it sits right now without Marte. Do I think the Mets could do that? Yeah. Do I think even the Mets haters believe that they can beat the Padres, no offense to San Diego, without Starling Marte? I think so, for sure. Yeah. Do I think they're going to beat the Dodgers in a five-game series? Most likely they're not going to do it anyway. They're definitely not doing it without Marte. So your only hope is that, you know, given him until whatever it is, you know, Monday, Tuesday, the following week, until that series would begin with the Dodgers. And again, not trying to say they should look past the Padres because you don't, but you're hoping that you can get the right ticked off versions of Max and Jake healthy, that DeGrom doesn't have to pitch in this national series, could rest the blister. You go get past San Diego. If all that happens, you better have Marte. You want to have a chance to beat the Dodgers. You better. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. But it gives them an extra time, which would be about a week from today before that series would begin. I want to get into what Seth Lugo said and go there for a second. I'm going to bounce around and hit all the teams and all the division races, okay? I like Seth Lugo. I have no problem with Seth Lugo. I thought the people blaming him for giving up a home run in the second inning that he pitched in that third game was just ridiculous because he shouldn't be in the game. Bassett should have been able to go way longer than three innings. You shouldn't be in that spot with Lugo. Not blaming him. All intents and purposes, what May and Lugo and those guys did afterwards was enough. They held the lead. It was only five to three. And, you know, that shouldn't be if you're trying to go win a World Series and you're trying to prove you're a better team than the Braves, like Seth Lugo says, which I'll get to here in a second, then that shouldn't be something that should just wash you up the face of the earth, right? Not that big a deal. He did okay. I mean, I'm not getting on Seth Lugo. I also want to be fair that when you hear a guy say, all right, because we've got to take the terms of we don't think about common sense with players. And you can go to any respect. It's like when Albert Pujols turned down 50 extra million dollars, right, to leave St. Louis and go to Anaheim. And everybody's like, oh, well, he's just greedy. He doesn't care about the community and all that BS that you should have known then was garbage. But I think right now, obviously, and by the way, Albert, 320 with 18 homers since the All-Star break. Now homer to what, two, three straight days, got a 703 mark now attached to his name. I mean, how unbelievable is that? You went about all time. But everybody getting on Albert Pujols, just to use as just an example, and I remember saying, go take a piece of paper, take a blank piece of paper, and if you're sitting there and you're watching online, here, you know, a blank piece of paper, there's nothing on it. Don't put anything morally or religiously that is against your belief. So anything that you think, you know, I can't, do, you know, I'm, I'm married, I got kids, I got this religion, or pol politically, whatever. Take all those things out, right? Now I want you to write down the things you wouldn't do for $50 million. There's nothing on the sheet, people. Zero. There ain't nothing on the sheet. But people were getting on him and going crazy. Why? Because we don't ever take the element of, okay, put the player and put yourself in those shoes. So if you think about if you care about anything that you do in life or think you do anything well, I don't care if you're a lawyer or a trial lawyer, you're an accountant, you're a comedian, you do what I do for a living, whatever it may be, whatever business you're in, if somebody asks you, do you think you're great at it? If you say no, you're not going to ever be great at it. 
right? So you got to have a confidence level. If somebody says, "Hey, do you think you're better, uh, you know, than uh, than than Bob or Mary are, you know, at, at doing whatever, it, you're selling cars in this dealership, and they got four sales and you got two, you're sitting there saying, "No, I know I'm better than they are," right? So please take it that into context, and I'm trying to take that into context when I tell you that what Seth Lugo said is dumb. Okay, you don't go out there after that series. Now look. You want to sit there and be confident? You got to turn around after a day and be confident? You better be. Because if you go to bed after that mentally and emotionally, you're, you're screwed. Forget it. You already booked your own ticket. It's what the Twins have done in every series against the Yankees since the beginning of time. They got on a plane. They lost before it lands, let alone get to the park. So you can't do that. And I think even a Braves fan understands you can't do that. So if somebody asks a Met player, hey, do you think the Braves are better than you? Even though clearly it played out that way, if you say that, then you might as well not show up. And no Braves fan or any fan of any team would want their player to do that. I'm not saying to do that. I'm not saying not to say, hey, look, we're confident that when we play the way we're capable of playing, that we can beat that team, and I hope we get another chance. And that's the difference in semantics of words. Because if you didn't read what Seth Lugo said, he said, we're a better team than they are, and I hope we get a chance to prove it, meaning in an LCS. Now, I have said, and I will say it again to the – Delight of Dodger fans. I put this out there. You know, look, I did this before Jake pitched as bad as he did with the blister, and that is a concern for me in this, but I'll stick with it. I've said the Mets and the Braves will play each other again in the LCS. I've said that. I will stay with that. I will stay with that. I, I think from a postseason ready, in terms of depth of pitching and the things that they bring to the table, I, I, I do think that will happen again. I do. And it's not a slight to the Dodgers. It's just that team will have not played a big game in two months. They don't know who the heck is closing games. They've got a ton of injuries on that team. And we already saw a situation with this team when they were heavy favorites and they hadn't played a big game in forever. We're a Nationals team that seemed hungrier. And I say seem because it's not like they're hungrier. They're just playing with that mentality for so long. That's hard. Mets are going to come in or whoever. Padres playing game seven for a long time. Not going to be easy. It'll all come down to the first two games in that series. If LA is able to to hold the fourth down, almost like a hockey game where you're sitting there and you're on the road and they say survive the first 10 minutes, Dodgers survive the first two games of that series, they'll win it. They're a better team than whoever they play. That's just the way it is. But I, I, I don't know that it's going to be that easy for them. So if Seth Lugo wanted to come out and say, hey, look, you know, we feel like when we play our best, we can beat that team and we hope we get a chance to prove it. No Braves fan can say they could they can make jokes, but you can't get mad at that because what would you want any player to say? You can't say we know we're better than them because you just got your asses handed to you. You can't say you know you're better than them because when you got to win in a postseason, you got to win on the road. I mentioned the Nationals. They did it more than teams usually have to in that, oh, in that 19 stretch where they won four games in Houston to go win a World Series. You can't win games on the road. Adrian and Rocky again, you can't win. And you go do the math, and even though the series was split at a 10-9, any Met fan or Braves fan will tell you, you go take the three out of four and the three in a row, that's six out of seven in Atlanta that you lost in games you had to win. Everybody can give all the Cubs stuff and they're right, where the Mets, look, they if they choked at all, they choked opportunities earlier in the month. Not in this series against Atlanta, because Atlanta's better than you, and they outplayed you in every facet of the game. You had seven opportunities to go down there, you won one. 
Don't tell me you're better than them. I have no problem if you want to say, we think when we play up to our capability, we're better than that team, and we hope we could show it. There's no problem with that. I don't care what a Braves fan says. But it is dumb to go out there and say, we know we're better than them. Really? Because it doesn't look like you were better than them in any category whatsoever. I don't care what that category is. It, 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 unless the category includes only people named Jeff McNeil. Because I think even a Braves fan is looking at it and probably saying, geez, I don't want to face that guy. I mean, who, by the way, right now leading Freddie Freeman in the batting title race at 326. Jeff McNeil had great at-bats the whole series. I live down here in Atlanta. I've talked to Braves fans the last couple of days, and it's funny because as they've gotten on me, killing me for the sweep, and the only thing that they've said after that is, man, Jeff McNeil's a hell of a player. Like, there's nobody outside of Jeff McNeil category and Edwin Diaz and the two batters you saw, you don't have anything to say. Albeit Trevor May, who actually pitched well, which I said the other day. I mean, I still can't believe that's in that category. But you can't be sitting there saying you're better than the Braves. What are you, an idiot? Come on. And I like Seth Lugo. Don't. I mean, it's just not necessary. You know what? Try and play better. How about we want to get, we're going to give our fans better because they deserve better because we deserve better because we ask ourselves to play better because we put an onus on ourselves to be better. Go be better. Don't tell me, show me. You want to say we hope we get a chance at revenge in that series in an LCS? There's nothing wrong with that. I don't care what a Braves fan says. Nothing. Do you want to tell me you know you're better than them? In what earth is that? Kyrie Irving's? I mean, where, where the hell are you living? Because honestly, seriously, your brain's got to be as up and down as that curveball if you think you're better than that team right now. And I don't want to hear it out of you. If Max Scherzer said it, it's like, okay, that's Max Scherzer. Maybe he's firing up the team. That's kind of what he does, and that's who he is. And look, you know that that guy's compete level. And, and does anybody go ask a Braves fan how they think Max will pay a pitch against the Padres? Does anybody think he's not going to deal in game one or two in this series? The sad part is I don't know if I could say that about DeGrom, and I don't know if it's just a blister at this point. But I know Max is going to deal. Know that. Their Braves fan knows that. They play it again the next time. He'll pitch better. Seth Lugo? Really? I mean, are you serious? Come on. Philadelphia Phillies, speaking of are you serious, they're officially in the playoffs. Decade-long drought is over. And, you know, love what Rob Thompson has done with this team. Bryce Harper crediting him yesterday, saying that he's the biggest reason that it's happened. It's a shock to me. I happen to think Joe Girardi is a terrific manager in this game. I don't know what happened behind the scenes. I don't. But at the same time, the problem is the things that need to be righted, and, and I'm talking beyond the health of Bryce, which clearly is very important. But outside of that, the things that need to be righted in that Philly ship to have them feel like they can be a team that can go on a run, because teams go on runs, all right? Like, I, you know, nobody had in 2007, and I was there, covering the Rockies, when they won 21 in 22 days, everybody's like, oh, okay, that's nice. Backpat you, holiday. Maddie didn't touch home, whatever the hell. And you're going to get wiped off, and they were going to lose to the Phillies, and they didn't. Kaz Matsui, speaking of the Mets, of all people with a grand slam, right? Then Brandon Webb, who was brilliant that year in the Diamondbacks. You're in Arizona. They sweep them up the field, and then guess what? Got hit by a layoff for that series against the Red Sox. No offense to John Lester and company. Might go a little differently if there wasn't that break in between because that team was riding a hot hand. So if you're a Philly fan, you want to think, okay, now we got this hot hand. Nola pitching the way he's supposed to. If we can get Wheeler to be right and healthy, we can get enough in that bullpen. Our offense certainly could thump, and you need Slug to be able to dominate in the postseason because you're not getting 10 hits a game, but you got to make sure if you get five, three or four home runs, that's just the way it sets up in this sport right now. Philly's got all that. 
They got all that kind of stuff. They could beat the Cardinals. I'm not. They're certainly not going to be the favorites, as it would set up right now in the matchup between three six and the seeds of the NL. They could beat them. But the problem is, as much as we set it up like it's some joke for Met fans or Keith Hernandez, and I hope he's resting up well after the shoulder surgery, to make about the Phillies, their defense and their fundamentals are so atrocious that in the margins, they're going to get destroyed in a postseason. I don't think they're going to win a series. That's not some anti-Philly thing, and it's not because the Mets and Braves have both beat the crap out of that team all year, which shows the difference in the, in the level of teams. I mean, it's remarkable. The Mets and Braves would play a series, at least earlier, when they were more competitive, and they'd be tight every single game, and who the hell's going to win? And then one of them would go play the Phillies, and, and it's like they're outscoring them like 27-5 to 5 in a three-game set. The Phillies have not played up to competition. They fundamentally are the opposite of sound, so I get silent. They're atrocious defensively. They don't run the base pads well. They seem to make mistakes that get them in trouble. And I know tennis has the unforced errors, but if it wasn't baseball, the Phillies are in the page of that, and it's their picture, that logo, they're not winning a series. Happy to admit if I'm wrong, you tell me I'm wrong. If you're a Philly fan, really? You think you're – really? Now, the Cardinals, okay, the Cardinals can pitch it up, and you tell me that there's Arenado and Goldschmidt, two MVP candidates. The way Pujols is hitting that it thing, don't tell me that's not a real thing. You know how many postseasons I covered, and I'm like, really? I'm in St. Louis again? Seems like every single year they don't get expected to do something, they do it. Are you going to be shocked if the Cardinals knock off the Braves and end up in an LCS? I'm not. I'm not picking it. Give you a little sneak preview of my uh, predictions on Thursday. I'm not picking that. I'm not picking that. I don't think they will. I think they'll play them. I don't think they'll beat them. Your know, Braves try to enact a, you know, maybe a little bit of, of revenge of their own from a few years ago. If you remember the series where they're sitting there in a game four, Ronald Acuna is leads off with a double and got stranded on second base. I think it was Albies, Donaldson, and Freeman. I remember I was doing the games with Turner that were up. They don't get a run. Yadier Molina hits a sack fly, and all of a sudden, then you're home in game five, and, and it's over, and the Cards play the Nationals instead of you. I, I, the Braves, I think, would win that series. But the Cardinals, okay. The Cardinals, they can pitch enough in that starting rotation. They're going to be dangerous. They got bats that can get big hits. They're going to make those pitchers in Atlanta or whoever they face along the way work. And I could buy into that. The Phillies, please, don't even tell me. I don't want to hear it. Padre fans, don't know. If you get the high-end pitching you should have, they could beat the Mets. Right now, you can't trust the Mets hitters to get hits in big spots. So you're going to tell me they're, they're going to beat the crap out of those the, the arms that they're going to face? And, and look, certainly in the back end, if you if you get what you should get at a hater too, by name, the rotation and the arms and the swing and miss are all there for San Diego. Bo Mel is a huge difference from a lot of other managers, let alone Jace Tingler, and has certainly made a big difference in San Diego. The Mets know all about what Juan Soto can do to you. Look, Padres are going to be dangerous. Manny's been great all year. I don't know if I necessarily trust him in big spots in a postseason, but we'll see. Padres are going to be a tough team to beat. Are either one of those teams going to beat the Dodgers? Maybe a different question. Tell me after game two, because you got to get them early in that series. And that's where the depth of these rotations, if you're a team that's going to have to play this extra series, the depth of your rotation is going to come into question. And that's why, and matchups are so important, if you ask me just to kind of look at all the teams as a whole and say, okay, outside of, right, the four buys that we have, which are Yankees, Astros, Braves unofficially, although it's going to be official, and the Dodgers, right? Who, who are the teams that scare you? And you ask me to line them up, I'm telling you, I'd put the Jays at one. The, the problem for Toronto is that they ended up on the wrong side of the bracket. 
That's why if I'm a Phillies fan, like honestly, now I look, the Braves have beat the crap out of you all year. But if you're a Philly fan, are you really trying to win any of these last couple of games? I'm nestling and enjoying this sixth spot, not playing anyone. Now, I'm not saying the Cardinals are going to be easy, but the Phillies haven't beaten the Mets at anything this year at all and then would have to face the Dodgers. Are you kidding? There's no way. I don't know. San Diego, if they could avoid that side where the Mets or the Dodgers are and try and cough it up and go play the Cardinals, I'd be trying to do that too. That's no offense to Atlanta, but nobody wants to face the Dodgers. Nobody. Although the Padres probably, hello, Set Lugo, are thinking they're still better than L.A., although they haven't proven that, have they? The Jays are dangerous. The Jays at the front end with Manoa, who to me is like is just that typical young postseason pitcher who you just know has that it factor, the swing and miss stuff, and everything you need to come to the table with to go dominate in October. The Gosmans, I don't know what I'm getting. At, uh, look, I like Ross Stripling in a big spot in the postseason. I have no idea, and I have no idea with Barrios, and that's the problem because even though I think the Jays will get past the Mariners, if you told me the Jays were going to play the Yankees in five games, I'd pick Toronto. Fact. If the Jays were on the other side of that bracket, I would pick them to get to an LCS. Part of me is saying that if any team has a chance in that group, Guardians, Rays, Jays, and Mariners, to beat the Astros in five, I would be heavily, heavily on the side of the Jays. The Jays, to me, by far have the best chance to beat Houston of any of those teams in a five-game series, by far. The irony is the Rays match up so well with the Yankees and have played them so well that if you're the Yankees, even though the Guardians are a better team than Tampa, Tampa Bay, St. Pete, sorry, you know, go ahead, put something in the jar. If you're sitting there and you're a Yankee fan, you're begging for the Guardians. You're begging for anybody but Tampa Bay. Now, I'm not saying it's like Twins-Yankees, but the Yankees walk into series against Tampa Bay and they're all scared. I'm sorry. That team's giving you fits. And if Donaldson didn't have a walk-off granny in one of those games where the, the Rays could have cut it to, I think it was like two and a half, and instead it was a swing to four and a half, who knows what the hell would have happened in the East this year down the stretch when the Yankees looked like they were collapsing. I don't want to see Tampa if I'm New York. But to me, if you're the Astros, the team with the best chance to beat you in five, and I don't even think it's close, of the Guardians, the Rays, the Mariners, and again, the, all the teams that could face you in five based on the matchups, it, the Jays. They're by far the most dangerous. You've got front-end pitching. You've got a guy who deals at the back end. and You've got to be able to have that because the bridge between all of these teams are always suspect. Yeah, we always say, like, you know, unless you're dealing with, and I, I go back to it, I said this last week, unless you're dealing with, like, the late 90s Yankees where you're telling me, and I still can remember it, right, and I'm not a Yankee fan by any stretch, but Ramiro Mendoza, to you know, whatever order, Graham Lloyd, Stormy Weathers, and, you know, my, my guy Nelly and Mike Stanton and then Rivera and then Wetland, and I'm even missing some of me. Are you kidding me? No bullpens are built that deep. It doesn't happen, right? Then we had the recent ones that were really dominant when you had Kansas City, who could bring three guys, obviously, when they had Herrera, Davis, and Holland at their best. The Giants had a couple of machinations, one with Surge on the back end, right? One with Brian Wilson on the back end. We've seen some – but almost every team is, what the hell am I doing if I get into a postseason – especially without pitchers going three times through an order, and I get a fifth, sixth inning, and I got to go beat you. That is a place where I don't feel as good if I'm a Toronto fan. But their front end, their top flight, their high end, their top heavy is all there. And you go look at that lineup. Let me tell you something. George Springer, this guy went 0 for 4 and struck out four times in the first game of a World Series that he then not only was an MVP, but it has as good an offensive World Series as we've ever seen. That was after the first game he struck out four times. And you put him against Houston? You, does anyone think he's not stepping up? 
I'm sorry, everybody getting on, you know, uh, Bichette for being, you know, Bo, how dare you, you're 24 years old and having, you know, not even struggles, but looking like, you know, a sort of human most of the year, but not in the second half. They still got guys like Teoscar and Vlad and others who could hurt you. Whit Merrifield has been red hot. They can make some contact. They've got the thump. They've got a mix of both, even though they strike out. The Jays, to me, are a dangerous team. And the, the sad part for them is the matchup that they have because they could beat Houston. I don't know whether or not I'll pull the trigger and, and put that out there on Thursday. I think, I think that's a five-game series. Toronto is going to beat Seattle, and they're going to take Houston to five. The Jays are dangerous. They've won four in a row. They played way better in the last couple of months, and people don't realize how good they can be. And a lot of times you see teams in this sport that they kind of disappoint you because the expectations are so high, and then all they got to do is put three, four weeks together. And the difference between the two teams I just brought up in the different categories, the Phillies have no chance, in my opinion, zero to do that. The Jays have a good chance to, to make some noise. Jays can make some noise. The Guardians, they can pitch at the front end of the rotation. They make a ton of contact. They got a Hall of Fame manager. They can make some noise. They're dude at the back end, the only guy even in a category with Edwin Diaz this year. I mean, he's a Class A of his own in the American League. So I think Cleveland, dangerous. Tampa Bay, only really dangerous when they play the Yankees. I don't think they're going to get past the Guardians. I don't. I think people are, are going to pick Tampa Bay in that series because it's, you know, the Rays always do what we don't expect, and we're used to it. And who the hell are the Guardians? No one's paid attention. People get the name wrong, called them the Indians. Everybody's like, oh, okay, the little engines that could, that, you know, Terry Francona gets to kind of play with, and here's a back pat, and, and nobody giving them any credit. And I think the Guardians are going to beat the Rays. But I think that's probably better for the Yankees than if Tampa beat them. I don't think they want anything to do with the race. Just because that matchup has just never worked for them, including when Brasso got Chapman a couple of years ago in that shortened season, where everybody, including me, was on the air thinking, geez, the Yankees are the huge favorites to win the whole thing going into that playoffs, and they didn't win a thing in that playoffs because of, of the race. But I, I think the Jays are very dangerous, and I'm curious, get at me at Casey Stern. If you're a Toronto fan, I mean, you know, you, you couldn't slide all the way back. You had to do what you got to do. It's better that you're playing well, but... You know, and, and you look, Yick gets in on uh, the chat and says the Jays are four and two against Houston this year. Look, that stuff, that stuff matters if you want to use it for confidence. But there are a number of different times that I could use in baseball and in every sport that that stuff just doesn't mean shit. It doesn't seem to. 88 for me because it just destroyed me as a kid. Mets win 11 out of 12. They, they own the Dodgers all year. I mean, it wasn't even close. And then Oral Hershiser and Mike Sosha, and the next thing you know, there's that whatever dynasty was supposed to be in out the window in 88 for the Mets, okay? So, you know, yeah, they're 4-2. and two. It probably gives the players more confidence. The pitchers, Yick, that have performed well in that series will get more confidence. I think they're taking Houston to five. I think the Jays are going to give the Astros a problem. I really do. I think the Astros may have more of a problem with the Jays in five than in seven against Cleveland, New York, or Tampa Bay. How about that? At me at Casey Stern. Let me know how you feel about that. Um, I think when you look at the overall, and this is why I put the poll out, and I want to give you kind of, let me get a, a live view of, of where we're at with that. So I asked you, of the four teams with a buy, because of how layoffs work, and, and this is just probability, right? This is just the way it is. This is just the probability of things. Based on the way that the playoffs are set up, the Yankees, the Astros, the Dodgers, and the Braves sitting there with a buy, which one of those four teams is most vulnerable to get knocked off in the first round? Because I think that I think all of them are in their own way. I know people think that the Dodgers are, you know, it's just impossible to beat them or whatnot, but it's not. Uh, it was impossible to beat them in, in 2019. Nobody was going to beat the Phillies in 2010. I can go on forever. 
Right now, the Yankees, 73% say the Yankees are the most vulnerable. 13% say the Braves. I don't know why, personally. Dodgers, 10%. Astros, 4%. Now, I don't, I don't disagree. The Astros seemingly might seem that way, but I think the Jays are going to be tougher for Houston than the Braves are going to have a difficult time with the Cardinals or the Phillies. That Atlanta team that I just saw here, now look, I understand they lost yesterday, but that's called an adrenaline dump for people who don't understand that. They just basically won the World Series here for three games. They'll wake up and I'm sure win today against Miami, even though Lazardo's pitched very well. The Mets saw that firsthand a week ago. The Yankees, nobody's trusting because of the depth, and I get that. I do. But the Dodgers are the team, and this is not because the Mets are on this side of the bracket, because if you go back to a couple of weeks ago, I think I said it on Rome, but if you go back a couple weeks ago when this was reversed and I thought the Braves were going to be the wild card, I said they would beat the Dodgers in five. The Dodgers are a team that have a questionable who you pitch in the eighth and the ninth, got to match it up, and that's way too many decisions that need to be made that it all needs one or two to go wrong in the wrong spot. You've got a lot of injuries that they have been able to somehow, and they've had this record season, they're, they're Run differential, I keep talking about it, is double what the Mets is, as an example, which is crazy. Forget about just 110 wins. They have guys who have been there, done that. Their top four or five in the lineup is, are the toughest in baseball, for sure, as tough as anybody. But I mentioned the Rays before, and hello, Padres Mets series. Blake Snell went through that lineup, which is didn't have Freddie Freeman, but was pretty darn good a couple of times. Now, they shouldn't have taken him out, speaking of mistakes. But great pitching, if it's on, can beat great hitting. The pitching that the Braves have in the front end of the rotation and the Mets have in the front end of the rotation is capable of playing two to one, three to two games with the Dodgers. Capable. It's capable. Doesn't mean it's guaranteed to happen, but I think the Dodgers are way more susceptible to losing five games than you do, you as people. Way more. That's before I even knew the Mets were on this side. It's not a Met thing. Way more. You are playing against teams that are going to be in game seven mode and the Padres and the Mets, and it would have been the Braves in that case, the same thing. Playing those teams, whoever wins that series will have been playing in a Game 7 mentality for three to four weeks. And whether they did everything you thought they'd do on the Mets or the Padres side, or they had clunkers or they disappointed you, there's that mentality of playing Game 7 mode, playing Game 7 mode, playing Game 7 mode. With the other team, the Dodgers' last big series was against the Mets, which wasn't even big for them, and a two out of three that the Mets took with Timmy and his trumpets, which will then be about two months almost, I think, prior to when you finally play a playoff game. And then they say, go get them. And you're at home and the crowd, but all the pressure, what people don't realize, it's all on you. All the pressure's on LA. I wouldn't be surprised they go down 0-1-0-2 in a series like that. I, I don't think it's going to be as easy as people think for the Dodgers and the Astros to just find themselves in a World Series. Who do you think will be the dark horse? Get me at Casey Stern. Now my postseason predictions coming up on Thursday. Got a bunch of different things coming up this week. We'll have live guests throughout the course of the postseason in our live shows which I haven't done yet. All the guests that we've done on the pods and the interview conversations have all been taped and recorded for Apple, Spotify. We're going to start doing them live on Friday once the postseason begins. Also, I'll have out in the next day or two the eighth installment of the Life Pod. If you, if, obviously, if you're just into sports, you're certainly free to go ahead and do that and just listen to those. But you know, to me, I, I've tried it as well because I think it's way more important than sports to focus on the importance of mental health. We've done a great, uh, you know, I, I think interacting and kind of a bringing to attention and conversation building with a lot of people who have enjoyed these first seven installments. Number eight's coming out here in the next 24 hours. And obviously you can always keep up at Casey Stern on Twitter, jump on YouTube and get in the channel to get all the videos and enjoy the baseball because we are sitting here now three days away from the postseason. We get an extra series. We got all kinds of games, 
all kinds of crazy, all kinds of upbringing, mist umpire mistakes and decisions managers should have made and hero to zero and thrill of victory and agony and defeat and all kinds of therapy. And we're going to be here together for absolutely all of it. Of course, right here at Unfiltered, presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.